0: Hello and welcome to Solutions, the first episode of our second series of podcasts for solution-focused hypnotherapists. I'm Cathy Eland.
1: And I'm Trevor Eddles and we're both experienced solution-focused hypnotherapists.
0: Today we're taking a look at New Year's resolutions and how to successfully keep them and also how to successfully make positive changes in yours and your clients' lives.
1: It's probably true that lots of people who want to make a change in their lifestyle use the new year as a trigger for making the required change. But, all too often, sometime in January, so many of those people find that they haven't succeeded in giving up alcohol, losing weight, stopping smoking, going to the gym, or whatever, and go back to their old lifestyle once more. So, what resolutions do people make, Cathy?
0: Okay, so John C. Norcross et al. in 2002 wrote in the Journal of Clinical Psychology that about half of all adults make New Year's resolutions, but less than 10% keep them for more than a few months. Miller and Marlott in 1998 found that the most popular New Year's resolutions that people set are, yes, you can guess, starting to exercise, 37% of people eating better, 13% of people, reducing the consumption of alcohol, caffeine and other drugs, or stopping smoking, 7% of people. And they also found that 67% of people make more than one resolution. However, 75% of people who make a resolution fail on their first attempt.
1: Mm. Yeah, more recent research published in the journal Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin from Woolly and Fishback found that 55.2% of resolutions were health-related, specifically 31.3% wanted to exercise, 10.4% wanted to eat healthily, and 13.5% wanted to have healthier habits. 34.4% of the total were work-related, so specifically 20.8% wanted to save, 12.5% wanted to get out of debt and 1% wanted to get organised and 5.2% of the total were social goals. Again, specifically 2.1% were to spend time with family and 3.1% were to enjoy life. The study also found that participants believed both enjoyment and importance were significant factors when affecting how successful they would be at keeping their resolution in the future.
0: Interesting. Many resolutions fail because they are based on what someone else or society is telling the person that they should change an extrinsic rather than an intrinsic goal. Or the resolutions are too vague, e.g., I'll cut down on my drinking. Or well, people don't have a realistic plan for achieving their resolution. The goal should be smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time bound.
1: Yeah. Richard Wiseman, author of 59 Seconds, felt that people who didn't stick to their resolutions tended to rely on willpower and suppressing their cravings. They fantasised about how great it would be if they were able to be successful and thought about the downside of failure. Unfortunately, that didn't seem to work. Wiseman suggests that thinking about the downside of failure might make people despondent rather than encourage them to carry on.
0: Right. And another reason why people don't stick to their resolutions is they make too many, or the ones they specify are unrealistic for them to achieve. In addition, people may be victims of what's called false hope syndrome. And the key factors of false hope syndrome are speed, how quickly a goal can be achieved, ease, how comfortably a goal can be achieved, amount, how much time is required or the degree of change, consequence or benefits. And Miller and Marlott, 1998, suggested that your resolution was doomed to fail if you didn't think about making resolutions until the last minute or you made resolutions based on what's bothering you or on your mind on New Year's Eve, or that you framed your resolutions as absolutes by saying, I'll never do X again.
1: Yeah, so multiple lifestyle changes at one time don't seem to work, but it seems that a person's chances of success are greater when they channel their energy into changing just one aspect of their behavior. So in future, Just change one thing at a time. And it seems that humans are driven by loss aversion, i.e. people are more motivated to recover something that they've lost than they are to win gains. So when you tell people what your resolution is, it should be worded to recover something lost, e.g. an old hobby or a former level of fitness.
0: Mm. And people are more likely to keep resolutions If they can see them as being somehow important to other people, this is according to Dr John Michael, a philosopher at Warwick University, making resolutions public can help people keep them because the fear that people will think worse of them if they don't see through adds to the resolve.
1: Yeah, it's also important to plan for what you want to achieve, identify any obstacles that you'll meet and identify ways around them. Charles Duhigg, author of The Power of Habit, suggests that people should think of New Year's resolutions as New Year plans. He suggests that rather than setting a distant goal, e.g. running a marathon, it's better to set an immediate goal that you can start straight away. So your marathon goal might begin with the goal of running half a mile every Monday morning and building on that. Stewig also suggests breaking down a new habit into its three parts, a cue, a routine, and a reward. For running, the cue could be just putting on a person's running kit, or even, to begin with, if they don't go running, then they get a reward, which helps the brain to establish the behavior. And these small steps can then build up to running a marathon.
0: Sounds like a good idea. Uh, implementation intentions is a technique that uses an if-then structure. So a resolution might be to run half a mile on Monday mornings. Implementation intention could be, if it's Sunday night, I'll set up my alarm 30 minutes earlier so that I have time to run. The rule is to identify the situations related to the queue in order to find the ifs and link them to appropriate responses to make the thens. A recent study by Chris Armitage, Professor of Health Psychology at the University of Manchester, found that 50% of smokers who informed implementations stopped smoking, compared with 2% of those who did not.
1: Yeah, One of the obstacles that people face, for example with running a marathon, is that running a mile may be okay but they still have to run 25 miles more. A 2012 study published in the Journal of Consumer Research found that focusing on the smaller number in reaching a goal kept people more motivated. So instead of looking at the big number left to get to a goal, look at what's already been achieved. Later on, when that goal number is much smaller, focus on what little remains to achieve the goal. So for a marathon, You count up the miles to 13 and then count down to one as you approach the finish.
0: What a good idea. And it's also interesting to note that a study by Marion Fournier, a lecturer at the University of Nice, Sophia Antipolis, found simple habits form more quickly in the mornings than in the evenings. Researchers believe this to be due to the levels of the stress hormone cortisol, which tend to be highest when we wake up. Apparently, cortisol elevation changes the mechanisms in our brain, blocking the prefrontal cortex, resulting in a behaviour becoming habitual.
1: Mm, Nice. Gabriel Ersingen, Professor of Psychology at New York University and author of Rethinking Positive Thinking Inside the New Science of Motivation, suggests that people shouldn't daydream about their future success because they'll have less actual success. She suggests that it's better to look at what obstacles are in the way and how to get over them. Ertingen calls this technique WHOOP, which stands for wish. What do you want? Outcome. What would the ideal outcome be? What will your life look like when you hit your goal? Next one's obstacle. You know yourself. What will try to stop you? What sidelined you before? And lastly, plan. How will you get around it?
0: And I think that's because the brain can't tell the difference between real and imagined experiences. So if you imagine completing something successfully, it feels the same as having actually completed it successfully. And the result is a drop in motivation because you don't need to do it again, do you?
1: And talking about motivation, have you come across self-determination theory? Um, Desi and Ryan came up with three basic psychological needs to motivate a person to initiate a behaviour. They were autonomy, to choose yourself what you want to do and when. Competence, this is where a person wants to control the outcome and experience mastery. And relatedness, this is the will to interact with, be connected to and experience caring for others. This is what we might think of as positive interaction, about three Ps. Anyway, if those needs are satisfied, the person is motivated to achieve their goals or New Year's resolutions.
0: Yeah. Uh, And Gretchen Rubin, the author of Better Than Before, suggests it's crucial to avoid listening to the excuses that make our habits falter, such as the false choice loophole, e.g. you can't go for a run tomorrow because you have to do instead. Recognising them in advance can make them less powerful. And when you realise you're doing it, you're much more likely to resist.
1: Yeah. And should your new year plan be flexible or rigid? In a 2015 study, researchers paid two groups of people to go to the gym for a month. Group one was paid if they started a workout within a two-hour window they chose in advance. The second group was paid whenever they went to the gym. The result after a month was that group two was more likely to stick with the gym habit. So they suggest be flexible with your new habit.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, Professor Neil Levy at the University of Oxford suggests making detailed resolutions is important. For example, I'll go to the gym on Tuesday afternoons and Saturday mornings. And that is more likely to be successful than simply saying, I'll go to the gym more.
1: Hmm, Perhaps it depends on the person. Anyway, treat everything like an experiment. So if something doesn't work, then treat that as more data for what will work. Remember, Edison took 200, or in some versions, a 1,000 attempts to develop a working light bulb. Treat any failure as a temporary setback rather than a reason to give up altogether.
0: I'll take some comfort in that. Uh, for a New Year's resolution to be successful, it needs to be as easy as possible. A study showed that people who travelled eight kilometres to the gym went once a month, whereas people who travelled six kilometres went five or more times a month. So that two kilometre makes the difference between having a good exercise habit and not. And that is how our habitual mind works. It has to be easy.
1: Yeah, and be kind to yourself. For many people, according to Dr. Jessamy Hibbard, a clinical psychologist, the biggest obstacle to new habits is self-criticism. Study after study shows that self-criticism is correlated with less motivation and worse self-control, in contrast with being kind or supportive to yourself, like you would to a friend, especially when confronted with failure.
0: Yeah, and we know that if a client wants to be more active or lose weight, it's best if they spend their time with people who do go to the gym or go out running and join in with the activities and conversations. The clients want to stop spending time with people who tend to sit down all the time and eat chocolate bars throughout the day. Similarly, with clients who are stopping smoking, they need to avoid spending time with smokers and spend time with people who don't smoke. That will help them break the smoking habit. Changing environment had a big impact on US soldiers during the Vietnam War. Many soldiers were taking drugs, but most came home and stopped the habit immediately. You also find people in hospital who take morphine to control pain can come out of hospital without having a drug problem.
1: Yeah, and it's a good idea for your clients to keep a log of their successes. It could be the reason that Twitter was invented, so they can tell the world that they ran 5K today in under 30 minutes or whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. Publicising success really boosts their esteem and keeps them on track. And tell your clients to give themselves rewards for their achievements. They don't have to be big rewards, but there should be some reward.
0: And frighteningly, obesity is catching. If we spend time with obese people, then you are statistically more likely to become obese. Therefore, if a client is trying to lose weight, they should be spending as much time as possible with thin people who eat correctly.
1: Yeah, and if they feel they're having trouble continuing with their new habit. Maybe the thought of going to the gym is not a happy one today. There's always the but technique. They start by saying, I can't do whatever their goal is, then add, but by working hard at it, I will. They can use any variant of this sentence, but the important thing is the word but, because it closes off the negative thought, and only the positive goal-oriented thought remains.
0: And remind clients that what they say to themselves really affects what they can or cannot do. So get them into their left prefrontal cortex and saying positive things to themselves about their performance and how they are doing.
1: So there are lots of ideas to help clients and us successfully make changes to our habits, whether that's at New Year or any other time of the year.
0: So that's about it from us. I'm off to the gym next. And next time we'll be looking at working with clients who seem stuck. So goodbye from me, Kathy Eland.
1: And it's goodbye from me, Trevor Edwards.
0: So see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.